0: Chapter Fourteen of Murder at Saint Denis by Margaret Anne Hubbard. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. The doctor, standing close to the wall of old Saint Denis, looked out into endless space. With dawn, the snow had stopped, and the sun was reflected everywhere in white that appeared to throw off sparks. There is no mark on top of the rim rock where a horse has skidded to his death last night. If the doctor were to tramp through the snow to the rock and look down, he would see no mark either of the place where Angel had lain, a sleeping beauty, her lovely face unmarred. But he was not quite ready to walk out and away from the sheltering wall of the hospital. Angel was dead. It would take a little while for his resentment to die, like the sensation of the patient who had complained to him that she missed the weight of the tumor he had removed, or the old man who still felt the pain of an amputated leg but the load of his hatred was gone. If ever he had loved Angel, it had been only for those few hours under the palm trees, not as Jock had loved her, protecting her, knowing she was following him to the mine, but willing to trust her even then. Perhaps he had told her of Father Anthony's letter, and, afterward, he had been going to take himself away with this dangerous knowledge of what Lynn had done the night of the storm. I wasn't quite such a fool, the doctor thought. I only let her make me into a psychopath, Marmion had already begun his resurrection. Last night, when she screamed, he had run out into the storm as if it were the natural thing to do. That was the sweetness of Marmion. She was so real and timid, and determined. But why think of her when he would so soon be leaving St. Denis? Quietly the door opened behind him, and Sister Magdalene came out. She was in her white habit. The doctor had intended to avoid her this morning. She knew it. "'I'm out.' he said gruffly. "'So I see. "'What I mean is not apparent to the naked eye. "'I'm out of prison, outside the walls, "'because the jailer is dead, "'if you can understand that. "'Of course I do, King.' "'He glanced down at her with a shamed grin. "'Sister, why am I always so damned hateful to you?' "'Because you want to get even with me.' "'The sister chuckled. "'You do, you know, King.' You can't bear to have anyone think well of you. Because I see the good in you, as you reminded me the other day, you're bound to be bad." He smiled unwillingly. We won't discuss it. Whatever the reason, I've been enough to try the patience of a saint. Not that it matters too much now. I'm leaving. He paused, and because the sister did not appear to be either surprised or impressed, he continued rigorously. I apologize for what I said to you about Cassidy's money. I've never been as sure of heaven as I was of hell, but I do have the perception to see that there's a difference in the powers of money. Cassidy made it his god. You would make it serve your god. King paused again, ruffling the snow with his white shoe. I wish, somehow, that you were taking it. I am, King. After a long interval, during which both she and the doctor looked at the radiant snow without seeing it, she resumed. I couldn't turn down the money now. Not when there has had to be so much clearing of the way to make it available to us, from Anthony's time down to last night. Only yesterday afternoon Mr. Wilkins spoke of it. He said he couldn't see what his role was to be in the general pattern that had involved himself and Mr. Cassidy and me, but now I know. He was the defining link between the old pattern and the new. There will be the new hospital, you see, built with Cassidy's fortune, and those of us who care will realize that the memorial is not to the great man of the hellbent, but rather to the lonely man, Mr. Wilkins saw, the man who fought away from friendship because he did not know how to ask for it. No, the past has all ended, King, even for me. Sister Magdalene smiled. May I shake hands with my new chief of staff? The doctor stared at the plump hand. Finally he took it. I'll repay you with all my working days, he said hoarsely melodramatic the sister thought as she opened the door to go back into her work but he would become a fixture in gopher gulch as mr wilkins had been as sister magdalene herself would still be and he would be surly at times brilliant exacting hard to work with an outstanding doctor and in time a more or less normal man Climbing the stairs to the second floor, pulling herself up by the railing, she thought of how Wilkins, how many times his hand had slid over the smooth old wood, how faithfully he had helped to wear the hollows and the stair treads. The sheriff had told her what he knew of Lynn's past, that she was Cardinal's daughter and Jock's wife. Jock had made himself vulnerable by loving her. Cassidy had earned the wages of sin, but Hal, Hal had done nothing but remember too much. Marmion, in the laboratory, looked up to see Sister Magdalene standing in the doorway, and she slid hastily to her feet. Sister Judy, on her little footstool at the microscope, turned to nod. The floor was washed clean again, the sun slanted in through the snow-trimmed window. But the girl, turning around the desk chair for sister Magdalene, reflected that no amount of cleaning and sunshine could span the unnatural gap of the past five days. Nothing would ever be quite the same again. "'Dixie is on the Anderson case now.' The superior said, with what might have been irrelevance, but Marmion nodded. Jimmy would be cared for, efficiently, and perhaps more sympathetically, by a pair of hands other than Lynn's, but in the room would be the pillows and tumblers and medicine bottles that she had touched. The patient still would look up and feel a small flare of disappointment when it was not Jock who entered. Mr. Wilkins was not yet missed, but even by noon he would be. Cassidy, the Great, was the only one of the four who would leave no regret behind him. Still, Sister Judy bent over her microscope with the utmost concentration, as if she found it difficult to keep her attention on the beautifully colored sides. Marmion could find no reply other than an inane, "'Yes, sister.' The needlessness of Mr. Wilkins' death, that was what made the sister desolate, the girl thought. For the others there was a reason, however twisted, but not for him.' Padding up the stairs, sighing when he thought himself unobserved, shabby, wistfully anxious to share with her old friend the fate that had been his wealth. Sister Magdalen picked up the glass paperweight on the desk, turned it upside down, and set it back to watch the snow fall around a tiny pair of children. She was a strange girl, Lynn was, like Big Balsam Cassidy. They both lived to exact satisfaction for a wrong done to themselves. His blame was never specifically against the parents who had left him nameless and homeless. It was always turned upon his immediate world, and he had to become greater and richer and more influential to prove that what other people had a name was of no consequence to him. He could rise and gain by his own powers Lynn of course, had a precise grievance against her mother's murderer, which she extended to many men. I wondered suddenly out in the hall, there was a swift patter of light feet. A child's high, delighted laughter, and Chad came running into the laboratory, his eyes wide with the excitement of the chase. For an instant, he hesitated. Then, seeing Sister Magdalene, he shouted and ran to her, burying his face in her lap. His bib was smeared with breakfast cereal, one fat hand sticky with it, but the sister smiled and cuddled his head between her hands. "'Now you're safe, Chatty. She can't get you.'" Blanche, thudding in from the passage, stopped short when she saw Sister Magdalene. "'Oh, my gosh. Chad, you're a bad, bad boy. But it isn't Phil's fault. Honest, sister. She tries like mad to keep track of him. But just lately, he's started running away to get us to chase him.' She finally paused for breath. "'And the doctor and the sheriff's on their way up here. I passed him on the landing.' Sister Magdalen lifted Chad into her lap. "'Give me a hand towel, will you, Marmion, and wet one corner of it, please. You can take him in a minute, Blanche.' Marmion, wetting the towel at the sink, wondered how much of Blanche's panting was a nervous twitter. They were in the passage now, the doctor and the sheriff, and suddenly Marmion shared Blanche's excitement. She had not seen King since last night, when she had been so desperately afraid of him down in the pharmacy. Would he be different this morning, with the chapter of Angel definitely closed? She gave him only a glance as he loomed in the door with the sheriff, but that was enough. His hair combed, his white linen fresh. The sheriff, unshaven, slouching with fatigue, was an unflattered contrast to King, but he had the composure of one who has triumphed and can go home to relax. "'The sheriff has news for you, sister,' King said. "'I'm sorry it has to be what it is.'" Apprehension stilled every voice in motion, Sister Judy stepping off her footstool, Blanche with a hand pressed to her lips, Marmion near enough to Sister Magdalene to hear the soft sigh, That was almost like life leaving a person. The sheriff regarded the superior with sympathetic understanding. I wanted to tell you about Mr. Wilkins. It didn't hurt him. I mean, he just dropped off to sleep. You'd know how it would be. Sister Magdalene went on wiping Chad's fingers. The officer glanced uneasily at King. When the doctor nodded, he cleared his throat and continued, groping for the right words. It was an overdose of sleeping medicine. "'Arbiturate.' The coroner found enough in his stomach. "'She said it was saturn,' Blanche whimpered in the tense silence. "'I didn't know. The doctor said to put some more sugar in the coffee, and I started to, but Miss Baird whispered that too much sugar wouldn't be good for him, and she took these little pills out of her pocket and crushed them up real quick and told me to stir.' Blanche's voice rose hysterically. "'How would I know? I liked Miss Baird. I thought she was beautiful.' Honey, don't. Eloise put her arm around the weeping girl. The sheriff seemed relieved at the distraction. I can't understand it. A good-looking, intelligent girl like that. Why, my wife says we heard her play in that dance orchestra she traveled with four years ago when they were up at the Silver Flute. I didn't remember, but Lucy says they were great. That must have been when she got mixed up with Jock. Sister Magdalene appeared not to have heard the sheriff. when Jack complained, Hurt and pulled his hand away, settling back against her shoulder. She held him tight. "'I thought she was beautiful, too,' Marmion said slowly, so assured and poised and glamorous. But still, she nearly killed me. When Ellie went down to Mr. Cassidy's room that night to get what I'd forgotten, and she thought it was me—' "'That was Pussyfoot in the room, not Baird,' said the Sheriff. "'He's come clean.' says he wanted to see the respirator, the thing that had finished off the man he despised. "'But in the chapel,' Marmion insisted. "'She would have killed me then, Sheriff. "'I told you, but you wouldn't believe me.' "'Oh, I believed you all right, but I thought then, and I do now, "'that she was only trying to scare you away. "'She couldn't have you here, with what you knew about the oxygen tank being turned off. "'She was about the only one that could have done that, you see.' You could practically have identified her any time you recollected that noise, so when you wouldn't scare, she had to try to shut you up, permanent. I did remember, last night, when the radiator began to hiss. Marmion hesitated. The doctor was answering the telephone, telling the sheriff there was no urgency about the call to Charity Chapel, because it was already too late. Lynn, entangled finally by her own desperation, had performed her last unnecessary misdeed. I'm sorry, Marmion said. To her surprise, Sister Magdalene stirred and looked up at her with a faint smile. We're all sorry, dear, but I brought to mind one of Mr. Wilkins' quotations. Look not mournfully into the past. It comes not back again. Wisely improve the present, it is thine. And our present is composed of people who need our attention. She gave the baby a gentle slap on his fat leg. Hop down, chatty. Sister has to get back to work. They all moved then, speaking, even smiling, buoyantly, thankful for this common sense return to normal. Marmion found herself beside King. He was observing her uncritically for the first time. Attracted to her, the sheriff had declared. To keep herself from blushing, she thought quickly of something else. Angel. Judging from the discussions this morning, King had not disclosed the episode of Angel. Why should he? It would serve no useful purpose, Angel was a separate identity. In the course of the sheriff's investigation, the doctor had learned of Lynn's second role as Jack's wife. Of the third, that of Cardinal's daughter, he would have had no knowledge unless she had told him, and it was hardly a subject to be discussed under the palm trees. Jack was the only one who had possessed the dangerous knowledge of Lynn's parentage. Today they were clearing away the snow and digging a grave for him, not far from Cassidy's, on the far side of the gulch." Marmion absently rolling a pipette between her fingers. She might have confessed, King, or would she? I was going to try to make her sign the confession I'd written, whether she'd have done it. The doctor shrugged. You said you were sorry about the old preacher. So am I, but not about Angel. Even I am not vindictive enough to wish that she had been tried and sentenced to death, and she lived as she was meant to live. Who can do more? we can accept god's guidance sister judy said unexpectedly and we are capable of acting with the right intention the choice of intention is an almost terrible responsibility an embryo lives as it must under the divine law governing its kind a man or a woman doesn't live blindly therefore we must not interpret their actions blindly it seems to us that they built mr cassidy and lynn without the lord because we judge by what we see of the building But what they intended, what they hoped to come by, how can we know? The little question fell into a silence, broken only by the sound of Chad sucking his finger. Yeah, said the sheriff finally. Yeah, well, I'm going along home and get some sleep. Come on, Chad, Blanche urged. Listen now, no monkey business. Mommy wants us. The little boy went with surprising docility. In a few moments, only Sister Judy and Marmion were left in the laboratory, and then only the small sister remained, because Marmion followed the others to the hallway. But she did not go further with them. Leaning against the door, she watched King and Sister Magdalene walking away from her, the light from open rooms falling upon them. They were not talking, their silence was more companionable than any amount of speech. Marmion smiled. She was not afraid not afraid of a dark passage, or of the future, or of anything in the world. End of chapter 14 End of Murder at St. Denis by Margaret Ann Hubbard